Good morning and welcome to the Pleasure for Health podcast where I, Elsa Kepi, a relationship and intimacy coach, will attempt to discuss and answer some questions around relationships and how they work and maybe how they don't work, which is where we're going today. Um, you can find out more about me and my work at my website, ailsakepi.com or directly on my coaching website, pleasureforhealth.com. Uh, I'll put those in the comments. So today I wanted to bring up an idea of the saboteur. Um, we might uh, be familiar with this in our lives, this sabotaging force that we often come up against, especially in intimate relationships, especially because where we're feeling um, we are on the edge of our comfort zone and relationships more than anything else do take us there. They take us right to that edge and they and often over that edge. And so relationships are something that we can sabotage um, really uh, constantly in our lives. And, you know, the sad thing about sabotaging our intimate relationships is that you know, we don't ever get past feeling lonely, feeling that we wish we could find the right person. And, you know, we're kind of left with the, the, uh, the choice of, well, I'm either, I'm not good enough to be in a, in a relationship or, you know, other people, nobody out there is going to be the right person for me. And we get to this kind of hopeless state, you know, and human beings are in general, I would say, you know, social beings, we're meant to be in groups or in, in pairs or in, um, you know, small groups, uh, family groups. And um, if we tend to sabotage our close relationships, we're actually cutting ourselves off from having the nourishment that we would get from these types of relationships. So why do we do this? <laughs> why do we sabotage ourselves? Why do we you know, push someone away before they have a chance to push us away. Well, I think in a lot of times, you know, the 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 idea that we don't want to be hurt, that we don't want to go through the pain of being rejected. Therefore, we, you know, need to reject everyone first. So so we all kind of understand that idea. And one thing that that really is curious to me is that um, I've begun to look into this, this concept of self-esteem and self-esteem is something that's important in relationships because if we have low self-esteem ourselves, we tend to attract um, similar frequency of self-esteem in other people. So we will attract other low self-esteem people. And if we have low self-esteem, um, you know, we could say that the people that are accepting us for who we are with our low self-esteem aren't good enough for us you know we would we would like to have someone with good self-esteem right so but those people with with higher self-esteem reject us and therefore that makes our self-esteem lower and so we kind of get in this um a bit of a, a conundrum because if we don't have good self-esteem, we won't attract, for long-term relationships anyway, we won't attract people of higher self-esteem. Now, I think there's, there are some different dynamics that happen with, um, you know, quick 
erotic relationships or you might have a one night stand or even a very short fiery relationship with someone who's quite different from you in their esteem phase but for long-term relationships we tend to end up with people that have similar self-esteem to us and as many of you know i work with um you know victims of uh emotional abuse and often this it, you know, leads me to to discuss the idea of the narcissistic person and the sort of codependent or the empathic person, um, the echoist person. I think I've done a podcast on that before. Um, so both of those, even though it seems like the narcissistic person has really great self-esteem, maybe too good, I don't think you can have too good self-esteem. They have, uh, they portray themselves their persona of having um, really good esteem of themselves, but underneath that's not the case. And they're getting attracted to and in relationship with people that just have low self-esteem and, and, you know, are looking to validate themselves from the outside. So they tend to attract each other. And in those types of relationships, um, you know, we sabotage ourselves from, from getting anything more out of that because we are, uh, you know, with someone else who has low self-esteem that is also sabotaging. And so it's not going to lead to fulfilling intimacy. Now, if we do our own, some of our own work and we, um, you know, work on our self-esteem and we come to have more value of our own self, we might attract someone who is uh, more moderate self-esteem. Maybe we have high self-esteem and we're able to, you know, work with that. It still could be the case that you might sabotage your relationship out of the fear of getting hurt or the fear of, you know, um, the vulnerability that that requires to be intimate with someone to have a connection with someone so just because we have really good self-esteem doesn't necessarily mean that we are going to find intimacy easy but at least we're uh you know aware of that we're attracting someone else who has good good self-esteem that has a good self um you know respect and you at least are starting off with um you know, a, a solid base on each side, on each, on the part of each person in the relationship. But as we move into a relationship with them, we realize that, oh, maybe I'm afraid of, um, you know, this, this person knowing something about me. I'm afraid of being, you know, getting really close and loving this person. And what if they die? What if they leave? You know, I'll be left and, you know, maybe I'll, give 10 years of my life to this person and then they leave that's like going to be very painful it's going to be hard so there's so much more to having an intimate relationship that requires this surrender to um, the unknown this kind of surrender to um, trusting that things will work out why are we with someone? I mean it's an interesting thing to consider why we do get in these relationship bond pairings or group small groups and a lot of why maybe typically in the past we might have um, been drawn to being in a marriage or being in a small family group was because it helped us survive we needed other people to help you know um, build a house or have the kinds of things that we need to um, you know keep our 
food on the table, to have enough, uh, you know, to have enough adults to help raise children. So in order to survive, we needed to have these types of groups. And therefore, it wasn't so much about our own needs, um, you know, erotically or sexually or, you know, um, that kind of thing. It was about survival and it was about working together in order to, you know, have children together to create a solid family base from which we could move out into the world and do our work in the world, knowing that we have, you know, a, a home base to come home to where other people are helping to shoulder the burden of life, if you will. Um, and maybe nowadays we've come to this place where we think that that isn't necessary. You know, if we have a good job or we have an income, we can pay people to cook our meals. We could pay someone to clean our house. We can pay someone to look after our children. You know, what are we actually getting from our relationship uh, that we, you know, can't just pay for or order in, you know, and that's an interesting thing to think about in the modern day society. You know, what are we looking for in intimate relationships and perhaps our our sabotaging um, behavior, um, you know, is is coming up in in response to the fact that, you know, now we don't need to rely on someone to bring home, you know, the 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 meat for the for the month. We can actually, you know, order in and have our food delivered to us. And now I don't have to risk being close to someone and dealing with them in order to have something. And I've seen, heard a lot of people say, you know, why should I bother with relationships? They're hard work and they actually are hard work. And, you know, we, we may balk at the, the possibility that that type of hard work is, is worth it because we may feel that, you know, we don't have the energy for it, or we're not going to, you know, it's just going to drain us. We're not going to be able to do our work somewhere else. And I mean, to some extent, that's true. If you put a lot of energy into a relationship, you have obviously some less time to do other things. Do I feel like on the whole that we would gain a lot from working in relationships? Absolutely. I'm a relationship coach. I believe in relationships and I believe that they help us um, not only survive but actually help us to grow as as spiritual and, and human beings um, if we don't engage in any relationships and let's say you were a millionaire and you were in your house and you just paid someone to do all your things you know um, would you actually have um, you know any kind of existence that that helped you grow as a person would that even be something you wanted I don't know but the survival aspect has gone away. And so now we have to, we are in this kind of crisis in relationships of, of wondering how do we make, you know, how do we make the relationship worth anything? What are we getting out of this? Why would doing all this work of overcoming our sabotaging nature be worth it in this type of, you know, new, new age of uh, relate, relating and work and the world. So, you know, finding out why we're sabotaging ourselves. Is it because we actually want to be doing something else um, in the world? Maybe we're very busy. We're running a company or multiple companies. And we, you know, in that case, I would say your relationships maybe are within your workplace. 
maybe you don't want to have an intimate relationship. So this is something that you would have to think about for yourself. Um, and if you keep sabotaging your intimate relationship, what is the scary thing about that? So you could ask yourself such question, like when you think of why you sabotage your relationship, what is the first thing that occurs to you? And if it's, you know, I don't want to get hurt or I'm scared that they'll leave me at some point or I don't have the time for that or I'm not, I don't want to actually have someone point out my own flaws. <laughs> if I live by myself, my dog loves me all the time. I don't need to have somebody else pointing out things that I need to work on. Perhaps that's, you know, get really honest with yourself and see if there is some of that in there. Um, and, the, and then the question to ask yourself, I think, as you move forward is what patterns or relationships would change in your life? if you became a more empowered individual, i.e. not sabotaging yourself. So if you stopped sabotaging yourself in your relationships, what would change? What if you became more empowered in your relationships, what would change? Would that mean that you would leave your current relationship? Would that mean that you would stand up for yourself? And, you know, would that mean that you would go go out and get a job? Would that mean that you would you know that your partner would not want to be with you because they like you the way you are would they want to change with you would there be just the possibility that everything would go sideways would you know all of those reasons and often we choose you'll you know you hear many people choosing to stay in a relationship um in order to you know just perpetuate the status quo and you know, I have I have no judgment about that, but I do believe that we need to be honest if that's what we're doing and we need to make a clear choice to do that and realize that we have a choice. So if you're maintaining your relationship that maybe doesn't serve you um, fully, but you're choosing to do that, then the empowered thing to do in order not to sabotage that would be to say, I'm choosing this because you know, I want my kids to finish their school in this area and I'm happy with where I live and maybe the relationship is not everything that it could be, but I want to preserve the status quo for now. And I'm going to take responsibility for the, the results of that, which might be that you have a, a loveless marriage, that you're continuing to, you know, be like roommates in your house. But perhaps you take responsibility and say, you know what, I'm choosing this. So therefore, I'm going to put put the work in. And, you know, if you're sabotaging your intimacy, then why is that? Is that a fear of, uh, you know, that that would that would actually bring up all the differences, all the things that aren't working in your relationship that you would have to actually acknowledge that you aren't suited to each other or maybe that you are suited to each other or maybe you have to acknowledge that you are maybe not the person you thought you were maybe you have to acknowledge that you are not really um you know as nice as you thought maybe you are kind of grasping maybe you are um worried more about the income that your partner brings in than than what they really want in the world so all of these things come down to you know what is why, why do you think you are sabotaging yourself? Get really honest about that. And then what things would change if you stopped sabotaging yourself? 
I know for me, it was interesting and it took, it took a few years, but coming to the realization that in my relationship, I was going along with the status quo and, you know, I was actually expending a, a fair amount of energy to keep the status quo. And I had to actually reckon with that because it took energy to stay in a not great relationship as well, <laughs> as well as growing into a good relationship. And then realizing that, um, you know, I could actually do things on my own. And if I didn't have a partner that I actually would be okay. That took a while to get to that place. And, you know, and then I'm, I did that for a while and I was okay. And now I have a, a new relationship and it's actually interesting to, um, allow my partner to do some things for me is again, brings up some of my, uh, concerns and worries about, you know, what if I don't know how to do stuff and they are not here? <laughs> so, you know, then I have to reckon with that. Well, do I take responsibility for learning how to, you know, put on the generator if we lose power or something like that, that I, that I might um, just let someone else do. And so, you know, as a, it, when we get in a relationship, we can find that we don't actually take responsibility for everything. And I don't think we need to. There's a real benefit to sharing, like I said, sharing in a group and all taking uh, a part. But then we also need to know that we are not um, neglecting to understand the roles of other people and that we understand what they're bringing to the relationship. So it's, it's a whole um, kind of picture of who we are and who we want to be. And can we bring those two things together? So who we think we are and who we actually are in a relationship need to match. We can't be lying to ourselves, Otherwise we are definitely going to be sabotaging any kind of intimacy. And I see a lot of clients coming in from to, to my practice, wanting an intimate relationship, wanting to be able to share, um, and play and feel comfortable with their partner and not knowing how to do that and realizing that that is a scary place, that we have to build trust in there and that we have to um, slowly work, uh, have some skill building of how to work with someone to build trust. So if you're interested in that kind of work, it is, um, it is fun, it is enriching, it will definitely empower you in your relationship and it takes time and it can be hard because, you know, we have to acknowledge that some of the things we do or the things we say or the way we do things doesn't work for our partner, same as uh, vice versa. So we can, you know, we have to overcome that urge to just sabotage and say, well, you always do this or you never do that. You know, these are sabotaging moves that we bring up in our relationships. And we have to, we have to work very hard to take that kind of languaging and those type of um, defensive maneuvers out of the equation. So if you're interested in that, please do reach out. You can look, uh, look up how to work with me at pleasureforhealth.com. Um, I have a couple of uh, online courses that you can start with. I have ways to work with me in person or online. And I'm very happy to kind of help you build some of these tools for intimacy. And hopefully that gives you um, some insight into why that might be important. And to really um, curate your relationships and to appreciate your relationships and to figure out for yourself 
what do you, what are your relationships doing for you? Um, and how, and then really honoring them and respecting them for the time and the energy that you put in. So that's all I have for you today. Hopefully that was uh, somewhat inspiring. I hope that uh, you'll keep in touch and reach out to me if you're interested. And you can find more of my podcasts on my website, pleasureforhealth.com, as well as my blogs if you prefer to read. And um, please do leave a comment, drop a comment here if you enjoyed this podcast or if you have a question about relationships that you would like me to talk about. Thank you so much. This is Ailsa Kepi and I will talk to you next week.